When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin Athletics. On today's show, we've got a third episode of the week for you. If you guys not, have not listened to it already, you're looking to get up to date on everything Wisconsin football recruiting from early signing day, make sure to check out our podcast from Thursday because that has all recruiting stuff in it. And then we're doing a special episode here on Friday morning to cover everything else because it's been a busy week for Wisconsin Athletics. We'll, of course, start with the big news and the big happenings for Wisconsin Volleyball, knocking off Louisville in the Final Four, headed back to the National Championship Saturday evening, so we'll talk about all things from that first. After that, we'll head on some quick football news and notes uh, as we get into now bowl season starting up today, the first few games this Friday afternoon and getting closer and closer to the Las Vegas Bowl. And then after that, we'll round out the episode touching briefly on uh, basketball, the Nickel State Contest with Wisconsin. Uh, not necessarily a pretty one, but one that we have not touched on yet on the episode, so we want to make sure to get some talking uh, about that as well. So three episodes to get you everything this week. Morning, Matt. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Um, I'm just kind of still riding high from that volleyball match last night. That was incredible. Yeah, that was quite a game. I mean, I don't know about – maybe you feel the same way. I mean, we we both have prefaced and said multiple times, we don't know the ins and outs of volleyball like other people do. So just as a spectator watching volleyball and and, and not necessarily knowing the, the plays or the way that they want to attack, something about volleyball in a big match like that just makes your heart pound. Like football is intense, basketball is intense, but man, volleyball just seems like you're on pins and needles. And it seemed like every point last night was just, intense and gut-wrenching to watch and it was exciting when they got the point and then you're like oh my god you know what's happening when they lose the point so man something about volleyball just really gets the heart rate uh skyrocketing yeah and I, I think part of it is just the emotion that's involved with it you see like in basketball or in football if, if something a big play happens usually there's a quick burst uh, of excitement but in, in volleyball it's the entire bench gets going and, and everything I just think that um, you you also have uh, just a team each time they come together and and have a chance to, to you know to bring that excitement um, 
you know, to a climax. And so I think just that aspect of it really just kind of sets it apart um, uh, compared to other sports. Yeah, it, it was something about it. I mean, just a, a fun a fun game back and forth. Credit to Louisville, of course, having an undefeated season. Wisconsin to, to come in there is, is awesome to knock them off. Um, to come out and, and really, in a, in a five-set thriller to, you know, win that first one, they played so well. They, they looked dominant in that first one. Louisville came storming back in that second set and and really looked like, hey, this is a team that is not not going anywhere, uh, not gonna go down quietly. And then you know, the, just the, the back and forth in the third and fourth set, close matches, you know, really going all the way up to you know, I believe the third set was twenty five twenty one, the other one twenty three twenty five. So long sets that I, I would have to imagine just feels exhausting to get to the, you know the twenty three point mark and then lose that is just intense. And then. Anytime it comes down to a fifth set, that one was a real nail biter. But the Badgers came out and were were pretty crisp in that fifth one, and and now are our championship bound. So it was it was quite the game and uh, a lot of fun, but really intense. You know, just back and forth, which is what you want to see in a game like that. If you're just watching as a spectator, maybe as a fan, it was a little too intense. But uh, regardless, a great game, and, and even the Nebraska Pittsburgh game after that was a fun one to watch. Yeah, it was wild just because you you saw after the fourth set you looked at the clock and it was eight thirty and you were like, well the 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 match after them pit Nebraska, which ended up going with Nebraska's way um, for a rematch with the Badgers. But you look at it and you were like, that's not going to tip till, or get going until like ten o'clock the way this is going. So um, you look at it just phenomenal performances by um, multiple Badgers. I thought, I mean. Dennis Breck was just yeah. absolutely um, an animal inside, middle blocker. She she was just on fire and, and really just gave them a little bit of something extra to, to kind of put them over the top. You, you also look at Warren Barnes um, just back there with Diggs. That one pancake where she kept the ball alive was was phenomenal. That was such a tremendous individual effort, and, and really that swung things and gave them a huge opportunity when they got that point, and, and kind of they never looked back. I thought Grace Loberg, um, you know, she played really well as well. Um, Dana Retke is Dana Retke, um, and, and, you know, they didn't, Credit Louisville, they did a lot of stuff to kind of stop her slide um, there when they were trying to attack using her. But but they had Wisconsin had the firepower elsewhere to help them out. Devin Robinson, just absolute missile off that right arm of hers. Um, but I, I just you got to be impressed by this group there, and you got to be excited for them. This is a group that a lot of them put. A, you know, their lives on the side to come back for a fifth or, or sixth year for some of them. Um, and, and really it's, it's paying dividends to get back to the, to the championship game with the chance to, to take down a team that you've beaten once this year um, and, and a team that you won the Big Ten over to, to win the national title is, is uh, special. Yeah, uh, that's going to be such a fun contest on Saturday night. You know, a team that you beat before, but you know, you've got to come out and execute because, you know, Nebraska is going to come with everything that they've got to try and um, spoil that what seems like a magical run for uh, this Wisconsin group. This this team has very much earned it. I mean, Kelly Sheffield's got this program uh, just humming, but all, all of this team has that has came back, like you mentioned, put their lives on hold. Many of them could have went on and, and done something else and, and been probably very successful at it, but they came back and put in the work and, and, and a short turnaround. I remember last year, of course, with the spring season and now into this year, um, this team has just been fun to watch. They've been 
dominant in this NCAA tournament. I know this last one went to five sets, but this was an undefeated Louisville team, the top overall seed in, in the country, and Wisconsin at least early came out and in that first set looked like the better team. And then, of course, Louisville stormed back. But it, it just shows how good this team really is, how deep this team is. I mean, in that um, you know, segment that you just said, you named rattled off five different names that, that really stepped up in, in big moments, which just shows you it's not just Dana Retke. You know, Grace Lubberg, I'm glad you mentioned her because she, she was the person that all of a sudden you – you were wondering she was going to come back, she was going to be part of the team, and, and she's really stepped up and taken her game, I think, to the next level. So a bunch of different players stepped up when they needed to, and that's what makes a, a championship team, you know, type of you know, championship-type team really special. And, and this team certainly got it, and I'm really excited to see if they can get that next one uh, against Nebraska on Saturday evening. Yeah, it, it was just a really great effort. I mean, it's crazy to think that, the way that they could have won if they would have gotten rid of some of those service errors because that was, you know, cringeworthy. They were really struggling there and and really gave Louisville some free points. But just Wisconsin played their hearts out, played extremely well, and um, it was was filled with with, uh, drama. You know, the the Devin Robinson, when the net violation, when it was just her hair, um, Mm. it it was the the call on – Louisville that um, when their hitter hit it over over the net before it got there, um, just everything, pins and needles throughout. And it was, I mean, it was one of the more fun Wisconsin sporting events to have seen in a while, just in it, in it, in it, it bounced Wisconsin's way, which was, I think really made it special. Yeah, something about uh, Wisconsin knocking off, it, it was weird, the parallels of, you know, knocking off an undefeated team from Kentucky. Um, that really was just uh, a fun one to watch. So excited to see what this group can do. Um, hopefully they can get over that uh, that national championship hump on Saturday evening. That will be at 6.30 East, or 7.30 Eastern time, 6.30 Central is when that game will start on ESPN2. Of course, Nebraska and Wisconsin, and we will recap uh, everything from that national championship match uh, on our podcast next week. But good luck to everyone in and part of the Wisconsin volleyball team. Excited to see what you guys can do, and hopefully uh, you got some good luck in Columbus. All right, we've talked volleyball. It should be it's been a, a fun run, and now we'll you know, kind of switch gears and get into some of our football news, and then we'll round it out with basketball. This will likely be a little bit shorter episode, but uh, that's all right when you've got three of them for the week. So, football wise. Just kind of some quick news and, and wrap-up type things that we've got to get to, um, some of the being uh, players opting or opting out of that extra year of eligibility. Um, Keanu Benton isn't necessarily in that situation right yet, but it sounds like he is going to be returning. Um, other players like Scott Nelson will be moving on. He's one that is opting out of the extra year. Um, so Benton's a little bit different situation as everyone was kind of asking him about the NFL draft, but Quite a few guys have made their decision already. We've talked about a few of them on the podcast already, but I uh, want to give maybe a quick rundown on some of the names that we've heard that will either be returning or departing for that extra year. Yeah, like you said, barring a first-round grade, Keanu Benton's going to be back, which is absolutely huge. We talked about that in the um, in the signing day special about how invaluable that is for the development of Curtis Neal, but also just, I mean, he's a force inside and to have him an established guy to a leader up front back after Matt Henningsen's going to be going off, um, going to the senior bowl. I, I think that's exciting to have a cornerstone piece for your, for your defense. 
Um, another guy who's thinking about coming back is Tyler Beach, which I was a little bit um, mm-hmm. interested to hear. I didn't expect that. But then um, Fayon Hicks still trying to mull it over, thinking through what he's going to do. I think it'll depend on maybe what happens in the bowl game. Leo Chanel also still thinking it over. Uh, I think it's going to come back to whatever he gets from the NFL advisory board. I think he's a guy that if he comes back, he has a chance if he has another monster year to to possibly elevate his draft stock. But then you mentioned Scott Nelson. Bryson Williams also not coming back. I think he was the guy that when, when you heard Benton was back, you figured that Williams was gone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was kind of a one-to-one connection there. Logan Bross also saying that he is done. Um, and, and so I think there'll be more guys who have options that'll be announcing. But be, there was still a bunch of these guys who took advantage of it last year, right? Like Noah Burks, Caesar Williams, Colin Wilder. Those guys took advantage of that extra year last season. So there's there's a decently big senior class, but I do think that there's going to be some, some more guys who will have options to – and. Uh, situations make. I know we had mentioned way back that uh, Colin Larsh will be back. Um, Andy Vujinovic also back uh, to, to punt. So getting both their specialists back I think is big and uh, it's it's nice to see a lot of these guys sticking around. Yeah, I mean the Navy, Vujinovic is huge. I mean he's he's been a great punter in, the, in his time at UW but um, you know Colin Marsh as well has been pretty consistent throughout the year. I know lately it's been um, you know some, some misses biting him but the big one, obviously you mentioned Keanu Benton, you know, him coming back is just a monster piece that um, will really pay dividends for Wisconsin. I mean, he, he's a player that I think coming back is good for him as well. You know, like you mentioned, unless he gets a, a first-round grade, which I, I don't see coming, uh, he's a guy that could really come back. And similarly, Chanel, if he has another good year, elevate his stock even more. So if, if they could land both of those guys, maybe Fan Hicks if he came back as well, would be a, a really nice piece because those are guys at all three levels of you. When you talk about there's going to be other departures to have some stability there would be huge because those, I mean, you know, Chanel and Benton, for, um, for for looking at it, those are you're really the two of the cornerstones that you build your defense around. And, and of course, Jack Sanborn's another piece in there on the um, inside linebacker side. But those two are, are really pieces that you, you can build defense around and with other guys um, going to be moving on or going to the next level or going to the senior bowl. It's nice to have some stability there, and I'm excited to see uh, hopefully what uh, both Benton and Chanel can do. But we'll, we'll see. I still think Leo has got you – know, it, it seems like if he gets a good grade, certainly could be a guy that rightfully so could go to the next level and, and really dominate. So I'm going to be really interested, and in, obviously everyone will be keeping an eye on uh, his status and, and what he's thinking moving forward. For sure. A couple other notes just based off of media availability this week. Um, Jeff Patrikis uh, said that Clay Cundiff could be back for the spring, which I think if we look back at that, you know, horrific injury he had to his leg um, in in the game earlier this year, uh, I think that's huge because he's a guy that with Jake Ferguson no longer there, you need somebody to take over. Cundiff was probably the guy who flashed the most this year as a guy who really – took some nice strides. Hopefully he's back to full health and can give them something this spring and and kind of wrap up that job because I do think that he gives them a a nice uh, pass-catching threat. And then uh, a couple of young guys got um, some pub from the assistant coaches talking about who's been standing out. Um, uh, 247's Evan Flood said Daryl Peterson was a guy that he had heard from multiple coaches as somebody who could flash, which I think – 
You've got Noah Burks gone. Having a guy like Peterson take nice steps. Uh, Wisconsin's already shown a willingness. Bobby April has shown a willingness to go ahead and use young guys if, if they're the best players. I'm thinking Nick Herbig starting as a true freshman. Maybe Peterson is a guy who can jump over some other players like a C.J. Getz to, to grab the opposite outside linebacker spot. Uh, and then Marcus Allen, who Wisconsin desperately needs help at wide receiver. Um, you, you've got uh, some some quality guys in that room, but they need extra guys to step up. Tim Ray DK can't do it all. Marcus Allen, I, I think most of us envisioned he was going to be the other guy, but it sounds like Marcus Allen has kind of taken his game to the next level as well, doing some nice things in practice and, and growing in confidence, which is, I think, what they need because I think he is – the other wide receiver that you hope emerges alongside DK to to help this offense out and and help them stretch the field. Yeah, I think when you talk about Marcus Allen, that's that's a huge news piece for for this team moving forward. You'd love to see him get some reps in the bowl game. Um, I know last year when we were talking about the wide receivers, it was Devin Chandler that kind of flashed in that bowl game and played really well, and you thought, oh man, maybe he's the next in line, but with him obviously in the transfer portal, Wisconsin's going to be looking for a someone like that to, to step up, and this could be the first maybe sighting of, of it. You'll see you know, more inconsistent snaps from a guy like Marcus Allen, so I'm excited to see. I mean, I know there's situations where some guys, thankfully Wisconsin hasn't had you know really a situation with a lot of opt-outs, but across the country you've seen bowl games, a lot of opt-outs, but that opens opportunities for not younger guys, newer faces. I think if you approach the bowl game with that thinking, it can be a really exciting time to see some guys that maybe you haven't seen all season long, you know, like a Daryl Peterson or Marcus Allen. So to hear those two are doing well and in bowl practice and likely probably going to see some time is going to be huge. And then the Clay Cundiff news is incredibly surprising but huge. I mean, he's been a really strong player for Wisconsin when he was out there. He flashed a lot of things, but that injury was just seemed so gruesome. You wondered when he was going to be back and, and what was his timetable looking like. So for him to even possibly be back for spring is is a really cool story because you thought when he first went down and the, the gravity of that injury that it could be a, a very serious one and a long one. And it certainly was, but he it sounds like he's recovering incredibly well. Uh, transfer news, like I know you, you just mentioned Devin Chandler. Um him, Quan Easterling, and Caden Lyles all found new homes uh, over early signing period. Uh, Caden Lyles uh, ended ended up going to Florida State, committing there, which I think is a good fit for him. They've needed offensive line help. He's a guy who, um, going into that sixth year, hopefully he can take advantage of that opportunity. Um, Florida State did misspell his name on the graphic, which was fascinating, yeah. though. Um, Quan Easterling, Duquesne. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty big step down from um, Big Ten football. So maybe he's going to get a chance at running back there or something, but uh, best of luck to him. And then Devin Chandler, Virginia, is where he ended up going. And um, I, I think you look at Virginia, they throw the rock a lot. Maybe he wanted that opportunity, and hopefully he, he gets the best out of it. It's a little closer to home for him as well. But they're going undergoing a coaching change, and uh, we'll see if that's a, a good fit moving forward for him too. Yeah, the other one, Isaiah Green May, uh, Northern Illinois, uh, announced he announced yesterday on Twitter. So all four of them finding new homes is really a – it's exciting to see what those guys will do. I know maybe they didn't feel like the opportunity at Wisconsin. You know, obviously, Lyles is maybe a different situation where he played a good amount – um, with the Badgers, but going on to Florida State, hopefully they can all 
find a spot that they can you know, find a new groove. Devin Chandler is, is a very exciting player for Wisconsin. It's unfortunate that it didn't work out with, with him, but him going back closer to home, hopefully he can thrive at Virginia and, and find a, a groove and a place for him that he feels comfortable at. So good, good luck to all four of them. We wish them the best, and uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on their uh, future as we move forward. All right, guys, we've wrapped up the football news. We've talked some volleyball. Now we'll talk a little bit of basketball. I know probably you guys probably don't want to rehash what was a not pretty game for Wisconsin basketball, but they ended up victorious. Of course, the big news in that game was Jonathan Davis out um, with an illness, not COVID, thankfully for him. So I was a little bit of a bug, and it clearly showed with the Badgers in that game. I mean, they, they struggled to – Especially early, I mean, the Nickel State held on a lead for most of that first half, and into parts of the second half, Wisconsin finally found their groove. Um, but certainly, with their best player out in the Badgers, struggled to find that you know that number one scoring option, and it, it clearly showed. Nickel State is is certainly a very good team. I know a couple episodes ago you mentioned it that you know this wasn't necessarily a team that, that Wisconsin was just going to blow through, and without your best player, um, that was apparent. But what did you kind of make of that uh, the narrow seventy-one to sixty-eight win at the Kohl Center? Yeah, I mean it was it was just a game where Nickel State wanted it more, came out and played with a ton of energy, and Wisconsin didn't match it. Um, you look at it, Wisconsin has more talent than Nickel State, uh, but at the same time, down their their top player, who who really their entire offense is built around Johnny Davis mm. and, and what he can do. You, you've got Brad Davison, who I think still put together a good game and, and gave them quality minutes. It's it's crazy to think where this team would be if they didn't have him this year, but. Really, the the main story was defense. Wisconsin struggled defensively. Their defensive effort was really bad in the first half. I mean, it was it was the worst defensive effort I've seen from this team this year in their first uh, eleven games. But you look at it; they weren't able to stay in front of Nickel State's quick guards. Um, but then there was no defensive help whatsoever. Like it was just they get by one guy, and then it was just everybody looking at each other, like oh. I guess we could have done better there. Um, and they they really struggled. They weren't crisp in their closeouts or in their rotations. I, I mean, you look at it, and that was the biggest thing. Greg Gard brought it up in, in postgame saying, yeah, defensive defensively and energy-wise, it just wasn't there for them coming out. Um, part of that is probably they're, you you looking at a team, the Badgers here, that haven't really had everybody full strength yet since going back to the first game. They just haven't had that. They haven't had a consistent group practicing as well because of um, some of this flu virus going through. Um, but you look at it, and I think Wisconsin is in an okay spot. You you avoided the, the letdown loss. I mean, it would have been a really embarrassing loss, but um, you were able to get some things. Chris Vogt continues to play really well, so I think he would be the guy that you look at this, him as well as Jacoby Neath as guys who took advantage of more chances on the court and have kind of elevated what they're able to do and show more about what they can do on the floor. So I think you're looking at a team that is still looking for a um, consistent third scoring threat. I don't think they found it here, but Really, the big thing was defense. Wisconsin's calling card has been defense, and, and their defense was just not there, and Nickel State took advantage of that. Yeah, it, it just – I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the energy as well. I mean, defense was certainly and, – and that probably – they kind of probably go together where Wisconsin just did not come out and, and play well 
and and it just looked like they were kind of sluggish and, and not super into it, at least early. They did turn it around and play a little bit better in the second half on both ends, but defensively and energy-wise, they both kind of seemed hand-in-hand where the batters were just – out of position, I mean, easy layups, missed assignments, and, and guys, you know, getting open that shouldn't be open, and you haven't seen that from this team throughout the course of this season. Like you mentioned, this was definitely, over the 11 games, the worst defensive effort that they've kind of put out there, and it's it was it was interesting to, you know, kind of look at it and you try to figure out why. I mean, I know it's they've played a high caliber of competition and in Nickel State at the Cole Center, Sometimes that can be an environment that isn't necessarily the most ruckus, but it, it was just a weird look for this team to come out and look so flat and look so poor defensively because it just hasn't been their identity all season long. All season long it's been, you know, sometimes they're going to have scoring droughts. They're going to have times where they're struggling to shoot the basketball, but they're going to play hard. They're going to play defensively on the other end, and they're going to keep themselves in the game. And that just wasn't the case. And all of a sudden in that game, at least you know, midway through the first half, you were sitting there going, man, this – this could get away from them, the way they're playing defensively and the way they're not hitting shots and, and finding consistent offense on the other end. So kudos to them. They made adjustments. They found a way to win. But this was certainly a game where they got to look in the mirror and say, hey, we've got to be better because, you know, that Ohio State game, that was two halves of bad basketball. The Nickel State, that first half was really not anything that you want to write home about. So that was three uh, halves of basketball in a row that they hadn't looked good. And they turned some things around in that second half. but. You've got to maybe look in the mirror and say, okay, you know, we've, we've had a good start to the season, but things can snowball into a negative really quickly. And, and thankfully they turned it on and found a way to win where it's not as glaring of an issue because, like you said, that would have been a, a pretty embarrassing loss for Wisconsin after what's been a really good start for them. Yeah, they've done a good job of of adjusting at halftime here in some games, but, but it's the slow starts, the Jekyll and Hyde nature of this team at times. Uh, specifically when they don't have Johnny Davis, uh, is, is still a concern. They're, they're going to come along. They've got some pieces. But but I do think that you're going to maybe see this offense change a little bit. I do think that the way that Stephen Crowell has struggled these past couple games, while Chris Vogt has kind of put together solid performances, might, might point towards there's going to be more of a timeshare there. Um, in this game, Vogt played almost 26 minutes compared to Stephen Crowell, who played 14. So you're looking at really a, a kind of a, a shift there um, compared to what we saw early on in this season. Um, it was good to get some guys back. It was good to see a guy like Warren Bowman back out there uh, and, and helping them out. Carter Gilmore played sparingly after he was out with the injury, um, or I mean an illness as well. But but I, I think Wisconsin's got plenty of room for growth. I think this was a wake-up call for them, hopefully. Um, I was actually really impressed by uh, Nickel State and kind of what they did. They're supposed to win the Southland this year. They won it last year. They've got the second youngest coach in college basketball, Austin Clunch. He was he was great in the uh, post game. He he was very well spoken, very smart, very complimentary of Wisconsin and the adjustments that they made. But you're you're looking at a, a fairly good team, but it was still a team that it shouldn't have been that damn close. Like it just shouldn't have been. Um, and Wisconsin needed to play better. They didn't. Um, and hopefully they can use this as a springboard and, and something to grow on so that when they get to the Morgan State game next week, they come out a- actually playing well from the jump instead of 
waiting and, and turning things on midway through the second half because that's that's not the recipe to, to win games in the Big Ten because by then you might be buried. And Wisconsin obviously came back against Indiana and was able to do that, but, but not every game is going to be like that. And Wisconsin needs to figure out their first half woes here and, and get things going right away. Yeah, thankfully they'll have some uh, time here with the next contest, like you mentioned, being against Morgan State. Uh, Thursday, December 23rd at 6 p.m. I know right now a lot of uh, Wisconsin students are are battling through finals, so good luck to everyone in that regard if you're a college student listening to this. Um, But Wisconsin basketball have a little bit of a gap there and then try to be able to get some things refocused before before that contest, and then they'll have even a little bit longer uh, up until December 29th with Christmas break as well. So come out, get some practice in, and then hopefully come out strong in those two games before heading on the road on January 3rd to take on Purdue. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of the podcast. Talked a little football, a little basketball, a little volleyball for you to round out a big week of Wisconsin athletics. It's been a busy week with signing day and volleyball in the uh, Final Four and, of course, the national championship on Saturday. So hopefully you guys enjoyed all the content that we put out both here on the podcast and on the website. All right, as always, thank you guys for listening. Have a great weekend on Wisconsin. Thank you.